Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, guys, just a heads up that for the first six minutes of this episode, the audio is a dash echoey. So if it gets too much, just fast forward six minutes and you'll be in flavor country. Also, if you're listening on iPod, it's also available in a YouTube form. A link is in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Hey, you guys, and welcome to Steel Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. And each week, we talk to someone of interest about it. And today, it is episode two of the Chit Chat, where we discuss... The Mandalorian, and we have got three of our great buddies on the the Skype. If you are, are watching visually, or just in your headphones, just randomly, voices in your head. But what voices in your head to have? As uh, we've got from the Blue Harvest Podcast, Horst Burkhart. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you guys? I am. Uh, I'm great. Someone that maybe isn't so great, but has just decided to join us because. She can't sleep is New York Zone, the Canto Bite Dispatches. Second or equal first favorite, FM Kaya. It's Emily Lind. How you doing, buddy? Hi, Steele. How you feeling? Um, I've got a pretty bad chest cold, so if I sound weird, that is why. Okay. I, I, I sometimes worry when I hear podcasts and someone says a cold that like I should put like extra muffs over my ears or something just to make sure I don't catch what you've got. So that's how attached I am to um, the world of podcasting. And when you talk the world of podcasting, you can't really talk about it in Star Wars without the man that knows what all the plugs do. (laughs) From the Bad Motivators, it's Eric Strathers. How you doing, Eric? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. And thanks for the callback to the whole audio plug thing. Well, I um, often when I have these issues, um, which Emily's been witness to many of, unfortunately, mm. I, I always think, what would Eric do? And um, I then think he'd probably be calm about it, and I do the opposite. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eric, we haven't had you on the show. How uh, did you find episode one of The Mandalorian? What, what was I really your, dug it, man. I really liked it. What, it, what was your out of 10? What was my what? Out of 10. Oh, out of 10. Uh, 8.5. I think I was an 8. I think I was trying to like... Or maybe it was an 8.5. I was in that area. but um, Because you've got to give it some room to improve. Right, or, right, or, right. Or like peak. But um, what? Do, do you guys... This... this I love things that you just like this niggle at you in Star Wars. And and for me, my current new one, Emily will be very happy to hear this, is I've got a new one and it's the I don't like that logo with all the masks. Oh my god. It's very marvelly. 
Is that the one you're talking about, the yeah. intro? What What would you think if, you know, on December 19th or whenever we're seeing it, you, you sit down in the cinema and, and those masks flash up? No, thank you. Yes. Yes. Emily, where do you stand on this contentious new issue? Look, I, I don't want to see it in the theatre. I would also completely forget about it the second after it was done. <laughs> Buddy. Listen, this thing's going up on YouTube, so if you want to be reasonable, <laughs> not the zone. Not the zone. If, I if that happens the night that the Rise of Skywalker comes out, I will burn down Kathleen Kennedy's house. Oof. Is that better? Damn. Is that what I'm supposed to do on YouTube? Being real angry for no reason? Hawes, listen, buddy. I, I don't know if you've got the funds to purchase the matches required to burn down Kathleen Kennedy's giant mansion. <laughs> No, no, you're probably right. This take a lot of matches. I also don't think I have the anger and hate for Star Wars in me. I think your best bet is just to drip your chin in kerosene, light it, and just run in there and, and, and see what things you can nuzzle up to. I'm the, the human Molotov cocktail. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I obviously, once the film starts, I don't care. But where's the fun in that? <laughs> and I think I, I, I think I wouldn't be so bugged about it if I got confirmation it wasn't going to be in the cinema. Because then I could just like, okay, you you know your place on your little streaming service. Like at least it's better than um, you're watching Disney Plus or whatever. It, what was that other thing that when you'd watch um, Rebels, you'd have to listen to the um, Disney XD. Yes. Oh, yeah. And they'd have an ad break just to show you that. I love that everybody, everybody else is like, oh, is Kylo Ren going to be redeemed? Is Ray going to turn out to be somebody? And, and Steel is there going, I need to know if that stupid logo is going to be in front of the movie. <laughs> These are the I'm issues that matter. matter. I'm here to quell your fear, fear Steel. It's not going to be there. How do you know? I just know. I'll, I'll bet somebody two shiny nickels that, that that's not going to be there. Because why would they break form like that? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it'd be so odd. The, the reason I think it's there for the Mandalorian is to say, hey, this is Star Wars. Why do you do that when you have a giant yellow Star Wars that's going to pop up before Episode Nine? you know? What about if there's no crawl? It's just that. <laughs> wow, that would be that would be some kind of choice right there. It's just that for two and a half hours. That's the whole movie. <laughs> it just goes through every mask in the whole. Like that's how it ties it together. Is a uh, yeah a two hour and fifteen minute opening uh, flash grab. This is what everyone expected we'd be talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised. Mm, okay. So, I'm uh, just trying to imagine seeing all the clones, every one of them, their helmets flying. <laughs> Could I tell them apart? And Corey will be there <laughs> going, just, there's yep. Commander Cree, there's Cody, there's Dana, there's Dana. <laughs> Eric just described Corey's favorite Star Wars movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, episode two of The Mandalorian, you've got. Boba Fett attacking Jawas while hanging out with Baby Yoda. Is this 
just the bizarrest Star Wars fan fiction ever conceived. Like, this does sound like a bizarre 90s Star Wars video game. To be honest, if somebody, and I've realized we've all said this about many things in Star Wars lately, like especially stuff that happened in The Last Jedi, if somebody had told me this was going to happen without any visual, I would have been like, oh, that's going to be the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And then I, but I see it instead, and I'm like, woohoo, it's awesome. The, um, it's, it's surreal. Like, how does it even, like, don't you, I, I, when I watch this episode, I, I feel like I'm in a weird dream because it, it, it's such a hybrid of, you know, different Star Wars things just like mashed together. But, um, I, I did like how the Jawas had, um, like, they had little tents and stuff up the top. Like they like hang out up there and, and sunbake, like they're living their yeah. best life. Like the the Tatooine Jawas, I think, you know, they hadn't really embraced the um the sun tanning life. It reminded me of a, a level from a super Star Wars game. Yes, exactly. That's what it reminded me of. And I loved it for that. Yeah. Um so we pick up after um the Mandalorian has got the child. Um and cuteness abounds, and then we uh, he goes down into that little ravine and gets a, a Trandoshian attack. Hawes, a Mandalorian fighting Trandoshians. That that seems right up your alley. Pretty awesome. Do you remember, like two months ago, when they put out a still, a still from that scene, maybe in Entertainment Weekly, uh-huh. and everybody was like, "This looks terrible." Look how corny this looks. But then we see it in, in action and in motion, and it looked really cool. I, I think it's like all that stuff from the 70s and 80s, like in stills, if it's not lit the right way, looks ridiculous. Like, you know, it, it's sort of like if Yoda was lit more poorly, like then, like if it was lit different, it would look so fake. But it's the lighting. So you sort of... um and there's that thing of just acceptance as well. Like in the 80s, I don't know, it was almost like kind of rad that they were just like, there's a dude with a mask. Yeah. Like it was rad how lame it was kind of. Oh, yeah. I totally get that. I was just, uh, I was stoked that it looked quite a bit better. And, I, you know, it's one of those things like after seeing the picture, I was like, well, that's going to look better when they're moving around and it's not like a promo shot. Um, and I think they did a good job of not focusing on the masks a little too much. Mm-hmm. If they had done too many like close-ups or clear shots of it, it might have been a little more apparent that they maybe weren't super high quality or the highest quality Star Wars masks, you know? Yeah. How do you guys feel about the disintegrator weapon? It's... Um, that that that's like pretty video gamey as well. Like I sort of, I'm like, is that is that too powerful a thing to have? Does that solve like every issue? Like it's rad, but I don't know. I, I just sort of I'm like, is that a? Why doesn't everyone well, have these disintegrators? Well, so this is the thing that I not my new obsession is. So you know, on his uh, his bandolier, the the ammo he has. Mm-hmm. That, that's the bullets for the disintegration rifle, right? Ah, okay. My new obsession is go, going through the episodes and seeing if they're keeping track of how many of those he has. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> well, I now while I hear where you're coming from, I I had to tell myself, well, he's got that little armory in his ship, and um, not to to be a huge spoiler, but past the episode we're discussing now he plainly still has a lot of extra weapons so he's got those in his bandolier plus he's got like the two wraps above or like just under his knees on both legs that are filled with those carts too right right i'm just saying like i was wondering if they were purposely trying to make it a limited resource by establishing that it takes actually loading a cartridge into the gun you know, see, that's I like if he'd run out during a fight. Right. Gotcha. But that's what I mean. It's so video gamey that Hawes wants a little thing down the bottom that says how many bombs he's got left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give it to me. Let me know. <laughs> it but if is... he comes across a crate and runs up underneath of him and punches it and it suddenly his bandoliers full again. Yes! Take that. Yes. It, yeah, it's just it does have that surreal super Star Warsy like it's Luke Skywalker and a scorpion. Yes. <laughs> now, for me personally, obviously the physics behind it, I can't I can't suss out how that's supposed to work. But I laugh every time somebody <laughs> gets disintegrated by it. It's just like in a joyful chuckle. And my son, <laughs> he's five, man, and that speaks to his soul. I'm telling you, he loves that thing. Just remember, counseling's easy. It's cheaper when they're younger, Eric. So if you want to get that looked at immediately. Um. <laughs> well, also, I just love that it led to that great line when he's talking about the fact when he's talking with Nick Nolte, and he's like, "Well, I did kind of disintegrate a bunch of them," and I don't. It just tickled me. Yeah, that's. Um... It's and and it's also you got the no disintegrations thing in Empire Strikes Back, so it's you know. It's all connected, you guys. It's um, it's a poet. It's it's a poem. It's a poem. But that line, anything with um, Nick Nolte, like there's not a second of like the Mandalorian that Nick Nolte's in that isn't awesome. Like that character is just delicious. He can do no wrong. I have spoken. Yeah, um, I was glad we got more of him in the second episode because. I was afraid he was a one-episode character, and I'm pretty sure, you know, we won't be seeing him again ever, if anytime soon. So I was glad we at least got a second episode out of that character. It was really cool. Yeah, it's sort of, um, like, it's a shame to not see him again. Because I thought at the end when he was like, come join me and my crew, that he was going to do it, and then would have, like, the the trio of uh, Yoju... Um, Emily, Yoju. Mm-hmm. I heard it. Okay, good. And then what's 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 Nick Nolte's character's name? I've got it down here somewhere, but I can't. Cool, cool. Yeah, they never say it, but it's on the pop. I don't know how to pronounce it, but oh, see, that's why I have to get onto these pops. That's my fake fandom is showing out right now. But um, yeah, I thought he was going to join. And then they'd have the trio of Yoju, Kuehl, and and the Mandalorian. But I kind of, like, respect if they just had this, like, A1 character for two episodes, and then that's his story, and then we can then read tweets about how there's going to be um, his own spin-off uh, Disney Plus uh, cartoon or whatever for the next uh, 
12 to 15 years. So, um, good work either way, I guess. Um, <laughs> how did... Hawes, you're good at explaining this stuff to me. You can't get to the village where Yoju was without a Kurg. But then he gets right. back. Uh, I was kind of wondering that too. And I guess when he was walking through those valleys where the uh, Trandoshans ambushed him, I guess that's the, the like crags he was jumping over in the blur. Oh, I hadn't put so that I, together. That's quite obvious. But um, yeah, I hadn't actually thought, oh, where they're jumping, that's where they're now fighting. That's ace. So I, I kind of wonder if, um, Nick Nolte telling him the only way you could get there was meaning the only way you could get there and have a vantage point where you're looking down into that compound was to go over the top. But I guess he had to take, he couldn't take the shortcut back because he didn't have his blurg anymore. So, so does that mean that Jason wrote a blurg to the set every day? A trash can shaped blurg. Ah, okay. Great. Um, Emily, you're a fan of Yoju, and you love calling him Yoju. Uh huh. What, what, what did you think of Yoju's um, eating habits? The, the the cute swallowing of the frog. What I love is when you just see the frog hopping around. I'm like, oh my god, is Baby Yoda going to eat that frog? And I didn't think they were actually going to show the frog getting eaten. So the fact that they actually show it <laughs> being swallowed. Oh, so good. <laughs> Loved it. Is that how your kids eat, Eric? Pretty much it's dead on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how it goes down in my house. My Harry's learned how to say more. And he wants more a lot, apparently. Um so he gets back to uh his sand, his not his sand crawler, his his ship, the Razor Crest. And uh, the Jawas have gone to town on it. Um, it's pretty good to have the Jawas back. I'm um, I'm enjoying their mischievous ways. Uh, is, is, have we got any anti-Jawa people on the show today? No, sir. No, I thought... I thought I was going to be, I mean, I would have thought that I'd be pretty ambivalent towards seeing Jawas again. Instead, I was super excited to see Jawas again. Yes. I, I don't know. There's so many, like, you can go, why are they there? But then it's just like, eh, it's, they're there to recreate an amazing scene from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That, that's why they're there. And um, Okay. Can I ask a question? Is it weird to anybody else? Like, look, I love the Jawas in the scene. I love all the Jawa antics, the sand crawler. Is it weird to anybody else that it's a, it's another sand planet in Star Wars with Jawas, but it's not Tatooine? Like, I get the concept of off-world Jawas. I'm fine with the fact that Jawas have figured out how to go to other planets, but couldn't you mix it up a little bit and make it not a desert planet with Jawas? I think you're underestimating the um, how cheap it is to make a desert set. <laughs> That's true. That's true. 
But I just, I don't know. Something about it. Like, I love it. Like, it's not doing, taking anything away from the show for me. But, like, how many desert planets are we going to have now that aren't Tatooine? Maybe Jawas are allergic to water, like the aliens oh. and signs. Oh. So they only oh. go to desert planets. Oh, God. See? That's all it took. I'm, I'm all right. There we go. I'm down. It's um, Emily Hidalgo on the line. Yeah. <laughs> Finger point means assertion. Um, that is the best thing out of the visual dictionary ever, that it describes Kylo Ren's finger pointing. There's an arrow there saying he does it. Um, I did... Um, I've been having uh, a lot of fun on Twitter lately. And I, I posted up a thing, uh, why would you need treads in Star Wars? Because there was some people that, that thought those speeder bike things from the uh, Episode Nine preview were crazy. And then, oh my God, the sand crawl was back. It's, it's the best. I love it how... <laughs> <laughs> like, we can be so... We just, everything that happens when we're 10 is the best. And it's, it's unquestionable. And then when you grow up, you're like, hey, that's maybe the movies I've been watching have, have been silly all along. But uh, I, um, I've got another nitpick. Did the Jawas have to pull apart the Razor Crest that much? I, I, I it, it's, it stretches my like um, benefit of the doubt when they like you can see through the spaceship after they've pulled it apart, and then they manage to get everything back and uh, put it together perfectly within uh, like a week or something. Is I like it happened, so it happened. But to me, that's like a little twinge that I'd, I'd just pull that back. I would have CGI'd a, a few less parts off it. Um, Emily, you seem to be the, uh, the moral compass of the podcast. Uh, where do you stand? It didn't... I mean, I'm just into this show so much that there's not much that's bothered me. When you first tweeted that, I kind of... I didn't even really understand what your nitpick was. They're the now best that- nitpicks. Now I, I sort of get it a little bit more. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was basically they took it down to a skeleton. But it makes a really good visual when he's coming back and the ship's completely destroyed. Granted. Granted. It was... Um, I actually thought that was it. Razor Crest done. We're on to a new ship now. That's, that's how hard I took it, Emily. You know? Very personal for you. Well, you know. The, the Razor Crest has been a big part of my childhood, so um, I've gotten um, pretty attached to it. Now, there is an amazing thing the Mando's done, and that is new catchphrases in Star Wars. Like, I have spoken. Like, the instant he said that the second time, it was just, oh my God, this is gold, and, uh, and now we've got uh, This Is The Way... Um, I, I just like, despite like all the, you know, like you can see through the ship, whatever, all that, it's like the fact that they're instantly injecting these sort of timeless catchphrases into like Star Wars fandom, I think is, uh, 
Thank you. Tell that to Kanja Club. All that good stuff. Yeah, and I'm already getting way too much out of This Is The Way. So much so that a buddy of mine, I was texting with him about uh, Thanksgiving dinner yesterday. And I was like, hey, what are you having? And I said, this is the way after they told me. And all they said back was word. That's kind of disappointing. <laughs> hey, you're not friends anymore, right? Well, I don't know. I'm doing a podcast with him right now, Steele. <laughs> so, okay. This is the way really is uh, very pleasing to me. And my wife, who she claims she's not that into Star Wars, right? I watched the show uh, with that. It, on on Friday morning, right after it came out, and then I had a gig that night. She didn't watch it with me, so there I am doing sound check at this casino, and uh, I'd see my phone light up, and I go and check in it. It's for my wife, and all it says is "This is the way," and I'm going to tell you right now, I have never been more into my wife than I was at that <laughs> second right there. It was like renewing our vows, man. I was like, yes. Oh, God, someone's going to use that in their wedding vows, aren't they? Oh, I was about to say, do you guys think I could talk Jesse into that? Because that is a great idea. <laughs> well, you can just do it yourself. You can, after you, you know, you see, you know, you do your little vows and like um, that you make up and then you just close it off with, I have spoken. <laughs> but Eric, I don't like, seems a little bit too enthused about his, I, I feel like... <laughs> He's going to have um, a very special uh, moment in about nine months' time after this. Well, I don't know about that, but it wasn't like it was my birthday or anything. But uh... <laughs> Look, Yoju Struthers, born in nine months. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'll name, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I will name, if, if, if we have a baby in nine months, I'll name it Yoju. Oh. <laughs> I, I I can't believe my Star Wars fandom has led me to. I won't talk about it, but um, <laughs> I, I just hope you had a, a great Thanksgiving, Eric. That's all. Woo. Well, I'm just just a, a little inside baseball here. I'm up in my office right now. It's the day after Thanksgiving. It's two o'clock in the afternoon here, and I just heard my wife screaming bloody murder at our kids. All I heard was, "And I'm going to tell you something else." And I'm like, "Ooh, I better mute my mic." <laughs> <laughs> Not, "Ooh, I better figure out if I need to go intervene." Or, well, I'm recording a podcast. What can I do? I can't just leave you guys. This is how you tell that Emily's not a parent because it's 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 not about it, it's about coming up with reasons not to go check, like you know she's got it handled. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to intrude. You know she's a great mother, all that sort of stuff. Is that is that how it goes, Eric? A little bit, yeah, hmm. yeah. I'll go with that. Hmm. As a parent, Emily, as a parent, um, orange eyes, red eyes. Um, is it? Is there been any backstory on the Ike? Have, have we got like a fan reason? If we, if we Star Wars, um, you know, affide the difference in eyes, is it? What, what are the theories out there in fandom? Has anyone got any? I haven't seen or heard anything, honestly. So we could make this the big issue in Star Wars, dude. This is a tweet thread waiting to happen right here. Yes, yes, yes. Um, 
So the eye color is directly related to how many suns are pointing at the planet the Jawas are on. So more suns, the lighter. Correct. Oh, okay, that works. Done. You did it. Oh my god! Do you know why that works? That is brilliant, Eric Struthers. Because remember the power of the Force two Jawas that had the little window that let the light in, and that's oh how- yeah. Like that's like the more light you had on them, the lighter the eyes got. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Wow. I am. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Are you not impressed with this, Emily? I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> we're solving Star Wars. That's what we're doing. So... um He's all torn apart. So then he goes back and uh, hangs out with uh, QE. Is it QE? Kuehl? I'm, I'm never going to get this right. Um, and then they go visit the Jawas. Now, the, um, the Mando arguing with the Jawas was like an older Twitter user arguing with people. He was so bad at it. It was just... Um, it, it was. It reminded me of specific instances when I was following Twitter arguments and like, he's the Mando, they're the Jawas. Um, but I do love seeing just just little things like watching the the gate open on the Sandcrawler. Just like just little like, it's like we're getting a special edition of Star Wars without having to add more stuff into Star Wars. Like you get to see like a traditional thing do something different. I just think little things like that delight me. Is Or what the top of the sand crawler looks like. Yes. Where they're all hanging out on the top. That's cool too. And even the view. I don't know if we ever had the view from the I get confused with like video games and, and stuff. But the view from the portal do they like look the out of the cockpit or whatever? Yeah, do they look out of that in Star Wars? I don't think so. I don't think so, no. Okay. All that little stuff. But yeah, and it was so, like when I was talking about the, like the surreal dream of it, seeing the Mandalorian on in the cockpit with the Jawas was just like, this is just a bizarre Star Wars taco. Like, there's, there's a lot of hot sauce in this bad boy. Um, I, I don't know if it's like, like, how do you guys see the Mandalorian? Because the, 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 how things like work out with the rhinoceros battle, and I will call it a rhinoceros, space rhinoceros. Um, it's like I, I sort of find, like, you know, he says later on it wasn't an honorable kill. And like, I don't know, I sort of see, I, I kind of want the Mandalorian to be like a white knight, like a, like a true good character. But. I don't know if like how that whole battle and, and just the whole reasoning behind killing a rhinoceros, a space rhinoceros, um, seems a bit 
like off that, but it does is how that sort of went down in that you know unhonorable way. Does that like befit the character of the the Grey Mandalorian? Uh, I think it does. I think he's transitioning like f- from the first scene you see him in episode one to where he is currently like it's pretty stark transition right over episodes two and three from what he's presented as initially to what he really is or what he's becoming so i think it fits i'm with you i want him to be a good guy i like him being a good guy and not just some heartless bastard or whatever But I mean, he's got a, a. I don't think he would just come across the mud horn and be like, "Oh, I'm going to kill that thing," because I want to kill a big rhinoceros in space. There, he's got to do it because he needs a ship back. So, I don't think he's particularly excited about it or anything. Yeah, but did you see on Instagram he posted a photo giving a thumbs up next to it dead? Oh, that's right. I forgot. He owns Jimmy John's. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Now, does that change your opinion of how it went down, Emily? Yeah. If he's, if he's just a big game hunter, then, then I think we have to boycott the Mandalorian or at least his chain of sandwich shops. Um, Oh, don't make me boycott a sandwich. The Hamdalorian. (laughs) The, um, the, the fact that he did, like reject it later on getting his little singlet thing. Um, you know, he sort of like saw it, but the whole thing was like, like I always like to like phantom edit things and just slightly tweak them. So they, they, you know, like the, the ship not getting totally pulled apart just to fit my like star Wars taste. But I would have liked if it all went down. Cause he, he sort of, he goes in, gets attacked. Um, you know, shoots fire at him. And then as the rhinoceros is running towards him, uh, Yoda floats him or Yoju. And then this is the point that it could have sort of not hit my little Star Wars thing was if after Yoda floated him, the space rhinoceros got so tripped out by that, he just ran off. Like, and that's so, um, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not being much of an alpha. That's all I can say. But the fact that then he just drops him and then he just somehow kills him with that tiny knife, which I don't know that it, maybe it's the secret. It's got like Camino poison, good stuff on it. But um, yeah, because like the rhinoceros, the space rhinoceros, he was just protecting his baby. And as a parent, I find that more honorable than trying to steal a sweet egg to um, give some local punks just to slam down. Um, how, how do you see that one, Em? Look, you're not you're not wrong. I think killing killing the mudhorn is not great, but again, <clears throat> I'm okay with him doing stuff that's not great. I think it makes him more interesting like me and again like we see him that like he's not enjoying this 
it's not a cool thing that he's doing that he's like proving his manliness or anything. Oh, you can tell by the look on his face. <laughs> but you can tell, I mean, you can tell by how that fight goes down. You can sort of just tell, I think, through everything afterwards. Maybe that's me projecting a lot onto this character, but I I don't know. I'm okay with him getting his hands dirty. Well, and, and he he doesn't just run in there and start a fight. He does try to sneak in and get the egg at first. So it's not like he's purposely going to try and kill this thing, you know. But this thing starts coming at him. Amanda's got to do what Amanda's got to do. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's sort of you get sort of used to it instantly. But like we are watching on Star Wars television a space rhinoceros attack a Mandalorian and then he's like flame flowering him, which is, uh, it, delicious. And like moving a little baby Yoda out of danger with his little risk thing. I do. I, I don't like the way Yoda sort of floats with him all the time, but how he like used his wrist thing really quickly to go whoop, and move him out of the way. That is like, like that's what you want out of a Mandalorian that they've got all these gadgets and they instantly can like they've got the thought process to instantly go this now that 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 like that's that's hella cool as they say in San Francisco. And I also like that he got his ass beat in that fight. Like yeah. it wasn't just oh there's a giant monster that I'm going to deal with with no problem. It was a it was tough for him. And like if Baby Yoda didn't. Um, intervene, things would have probably gone much differently for him. Much differently. I, um, I loved, like, it's just such a good line when, um, he's talking to, what's the lady's name that, that bangs the metal every episode? The armorer. The armorer. Um, about how it wasn't an honorable kill. Uh, I got an assist from my enemy, and she's like, "Why would your enemy help you?" And she goes, oh, "He goes, um, he they didn't know that they were my enemy." Like about Yoju, like that's oh, that oh. hurt that 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 hurt my heart a little bit right there. Oh, it was it was just so like it was such an insight into him that he's like just dwelling on how he sort of like let Yoju down, like innocent little Yoju. Cause I always think that about um, like Harrison is like, what does he, what does he think I'm doing? Like, do you know what I mean? When he's like, he's getting changed and he's crying. He's like, does, it, does he sort of know I'm trying to help or what? Like, yeah, what's happening. But to like have that, like that guilt of that you let this innocent down that's um, that's what I want out of a hero, you know. A little bit less grey, a little bit wider, a little bit wider, you know. So you're you're not gonna sell Harrison to Werner Herzog? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Steel shows up to celebration in a set of shiny armor, we know something's up. <laughs> <laughs> I think the uh, um the the real life metaphor of that is if um I get the scratches taken out of my car, that would be um... <laughs> that's worth that's worth your kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
the um steel shows up in a, a tesla cyber truck and we're like oh <laughs> hey uh, <laughs> how's, how's harrison doing uh, that is um it is very telling that is very telling now i've heard on um a few other shows people they don't sort of dig that the the scenes with the armor are, are kind of similar like they sort of start off the same thing but like that it's a tv show and not a movie i kind of like like remember like when you'd watch like an 80s cartoon and like voltron would join together and it, it, you'd sort of go oh there's there's only they've only got three versions of voltron joining together mm-hmm. and they sort of like it's just the trope of seeing it happen exactly the same um i i kind of view it like that what do you think Hawes? I dig it. I, I mean, I think it. Um, I think it's good to show, like, for the transition purposes. And I, uh, I never thought of it like what you were saying with the Voltron animation, or like He Man's running animation in the old He Man cartoons. They did the same thing where it was just the same animation, but he was going to the left or he's going to the right over and over again. Like, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. I uh, see. When I was little, I don't think I realized that. But I did know that every time he held the sword up, it was like the same animation. Like, I, I think maybe you might have been a, a cooler little kid than I was. So, congrats. You would have totally dominated me in primary school. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, it would have been good if when um, the ship started again and the engines took off, that the Mandalorian just like started screaming, it's working, it's working. <laughs> it's like fake fans. Know your prequels, recognize them. It's all connected. It's all connected. Um, yeah, and then it ends with um, Kuehl. Is it Kuehl? Am I saying it right now? I think that's how it's pronounced. I, I got that from Dominic Jones. I'm going to assume he knows. With okay. his sweet Star Wars Underworld insider information. Yeah, but he's got that Canadian accent, so who knows? Do you know what I mean? He's... That's a good point. I hadn't even considered that. And it ends with um, Kuehl dropping yet another banger quote about... Um, how does it exactly go? It's a, like, may your child arrive safely and him bring you great fortune or something like that. It was just... <laughs> Good luck with the child. May he survive and bring you great fortune. Yes, that is. I like that. I feel like this show is really speaking to me. Um, and that's about it. it it's goodbye to Kuehl. Um, Definitely goodbye to Space Rhinoceros. Um, what did... Uh, any final thoughts and scores? Uh, Eric... There was a scene uh, during the negotiation with the Jawas where Lumberjack Nick had reached out to me and said, I can't believe nobody has mentioned R5-D4 being in this shot. And I've since gone back and looked at it from several angles, and I now do not think it's him, but it sure looked like him, uh, but standing behind the Jawas, but it looks like the everything on him that should be red looks, it's not black, but it's like this weird gray. So, but I was excited when I thought it was him. I'm like, yeah, R5-D4. 
I loved the um, that the Jawas technology was real janky with, with, with like the old school submarine thing. I thought that was a nice touch. You know, the big the big open horn they're talking into. But um, I'd say, man, I give this one a solid nine Ooh. just for the humor alone. Okay, it was very funny. The um, when Kuehl says, um, "I'm surprised you took so long." Is that is that who said that one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, like, yeah, the, the, the scripting is like, I think quite, quite brilliant, but, um, Emily, what are your, um, final thoughts and score? Um, I don't know what I was expecting them to do with the egg. I was definitely not expecting them to immediately rip the egg open and start eating it. And it delighted me that they did the, the sense of humor in the show is great. Um, I don't remember what I gave episode one, but I would give this like a couple tenths of a point higher. Oh, so it's like uh, an Excel spreadsheet equation where you've got equals last score times 1.1. Yes. Okay, excellent. I, I, I use a lot of Excel spreadsheets in my, um, in my real life. Uh, Hawes. Uh, I loved it. Trandoshans, Jawas, uh, your Jawa is terrible. You sound like a Wookiee. One of the funniest things in the episode. Like, I love the job. Like, this dude just disintegrated like half a dozen of them and they're still going to talk crap to him. <laughs> like, I love that. Um, I give it a 9.0. Solid 9. I do have I guess to... the first episode of 9.5, though. Ah, okay, cool. The, um, the, the blowing up of the Jawas is, again, very video gamey. where, you know, in a video game when you can do something very bad to something very cute, and it's like you feel guilty doing it, but it's like, I just, I, I like the sound effect. It's, it's fun to, like, where, you know, just jump on, like, a little harmless thing in Mario Brothers and just crush it for no reason. It's just like, it's mean, but uh, it's it's delightful and uh, like things like that, and like I think back to the the little flute thing from the first episode. Just just sprinkling little things like that in is um is super super fun. And who knew that when Boba Fett strutted up in nineteen seventy nine or whenever the holiday special came out, that that weapon had such um. Destructive uses. I myself, um, I like this a little bit less than the first episode. I, I think I'm a little bit nitpicky on this one. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.5. I think I was 8.5 last episode. But, um, you know, it's a second episode. You've got to have a bit of a dip. Anyway. Uh Eric, let the good people know about your uh, superb podcast featuring R5D4. Yeah, R5D4 is our mascot. We're called the Bad Motivators. Uh, Luke Cruiser, Dallas Wood, and I are all three dads that talk about Star Wars from our stupidly unique slant of buying tons of Star Wars toys that aren't for our kids. And uh, you can also find me on The Sith List, the all-things geek podcast with a heavy... Heavy leaning towards Star Wars. Heavy. And uh, on Twitter, what are you? Oh, 
At Eric Strathers. It's a tough one. Nice. And there's a new um, new Strathers Wars coming up. We can sizzle. Soon. Soon. Just got to cut an intro and outro for it. All right. It sounds like he's, um, he's quelling the sizzle on that one. So, uh, Emily, Canto Bite Dispatch, soon to feature, I will do it today, my highly sizzled <laughs> FMK. Um, it's, it's, it's come up. When do you record so I, I can get it in before that? Sunday afternoon. All right. So, I've got a deadline now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you. Done. You've had, I've told you that like six times now and you've still not sent me this voicemail. Have I mentioned my son? <laughs> There's important things, Steele. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I do the Canterbury dispatch with Brittany Brown. She is hilarious and I love her. And you can find that anywhere. And it is on Twitter and Instagram at Canterbury pod. And then my own is at EF Lind. Tight and horsey horse. Uh, you can find me on Blue Harvest every Saturday with my buddy Will. You can find me on Rogue One with Johnny and Mike. That sure is something. And <laughs> I'm at Blue Harvest Pod on Twitter. Wow. <laughs> That sure is something. That is... Where's Eric gone? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, what a visual Uh. feast. Um, All right, you guys. Well, uh, thanks so much uh, for coming on the show and talking. And uh, I highly recommend all these guys' pods. They're on my must-listen every week. And uh, we'll be back on both YouTube and iTunes podcast and all the other places with uh, another review as we catch up and uh, I get back into real time. I was just in Australia, everyone, so I should have said that up top. That's why uh, I'm on a, uh, a bit of an episode delay. But thank you guys so much, and may that force be with you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.